0: Yep, so here we are, we're going to look at the book of Galatians uh, this morning, we're going to read uh, chapter 1 verses 1 to 5, so that'll come up on the screen in a moment. <coughs> um, as you know, we, we are going to be out of the country for a while, so we're going to be creating most weeks, not next week, but most weeks we'll do a little message and I'll send it over and uh, someone here will put it up on the screen. These guys do pretty well don't they? in the back, don't they? Uh, they? I've asked them to do a few things and it's just happened, gone well, so they're, they're some of the better ones I've worked with on the tech team, so great to have them here. Uh, so that's going to happen, i um, going to zoom in and think, I am available, if you want to catch up with me via messenger or something and have a chat online, uh, drop me a messenger chat, don't, don't text me. Don't try to ring me. I'll turn my New Zealand number off. I don't want to pay the charges, or maybe Awaken doesn't want to pay the charges now. But, uh, uh, but we'll get another SIM card over there. it would be a different number. So. But you can Messenger. And so Messenger me, you can find me there, and we can set up a time. Early evening for you is early morning for me, so like 7 o'clock in the evening, 6 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock's not a un- un- crazy time for me. Uh, I, do, I do prefer to be doing other things at 6 o'clock, but I'm, I'm usually had a coffee by then. So, you know, yeah, so good. So, so, you know drop a lot. We can, we can do a few things as time goes on. So that's where we're at. Galatians uh, chapter 1, 1 to 5. We're just going to read these five verses. Uh, we're going to pause and give you a chance to look at them and reflect on them, just a minute. And, and as I said last week, begin to listen for what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you from His Word. His Word. And you know this, I'm picking up there's a degree of maturity in this church that's that's significant, from people I'm talking to, and I don't want to talk down to you at all, but just always remember the Holy Spirit wrote the Scripture. We're not fighting here between are we word people or spirit people. I've heard that. He wrote the Scripture. So, genuine word people are genuine spirit people, and genuine spirit people are genuine word people. They're one and the same. He wrote the scripture. So, when we're reading scripture, we're looking to hear the spirit of God who created the heavens and the earth speaking to our spirit. So, we can have a bit of his life flowing into us. And and sometimes, you know, it's a bit challenging, and sometimes it's comforting. Sometimes it turns us upside down and sometimes it gives us a push and sometimes it tells us, sit down and stop doing so much. Uh, Whatever, you can be all sorts. So I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to ask us all to read this together and then we'll pause and then we'll pick it up again. Okay, from the top. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead Um, young man on the sa- uh, desk what's your name? Michael, you want to flick back to the first slide you can read it through and then just to yourself that'll give you a timing and then flick onto the second slide you flick to the second slide Michael What's the spirit saying to his people? I've got some things I want to say, but you might have something personal for you that's quite distinct, and that's important for you to track it, to, to take a hold of it, to know how to run with it. You can flip back to the beginning, Michael? Yeah. I just want to read through it again, and then I want to jump into one line or one phrase and in this verse. So, Paul and Apostle. I just like the way that goes, don't you? You just think about this. Not Apostle Paul. It's not a title. It's not a position. It's a description of a function. Paul and Apostle. It's a job. (laughs) It's a task. Just remember that. this This is not giving a hierarchy it's just Paul an apostle, reading on, not from men nor through men. And, and this comes out more as you read Galatians, and we're going to go all the way through it, and you get all my bents, but, you know, we just keep pausing so you can get the Holy Spirit's bent first, and then you get my bent. Uh, and I find when I read Scripture, I can read the same Scripture, and God can emphasize and speak to me in different ways because I'm in a different place. And he knows what I need when I'm reading that particular scripture. So I'm not locked into this is what it means. Yes, this is what it means, but how God can use that meaning can be just about endless. Not from men or through men. Listen to that. He said, no one appointed me. Yes, he was accountable. We'll, We'll read that sometime in the future. But no one appointed me. I don't have something that men gave me. I was ordained once in the um, ministry of the Church of the Nazarene. It took about a six-year process, uh, and it was for men and it was for by men to function in their world as an ordained minister to be able to, seen as one who could go and lead a church and function as a preacher of the Word that had, had some entrustment with them. There's some good things about that, and testing and, and checking on, on you know, what you're going to say and being aware of who you were. But, but yeah, you know, I don't have it anymore. I gave it back to them way back there somewhere. But this isn't that. See, there's no filter here, is there? He says, what I have came from God. It wasn't filtered through me. And God wants every one of us to live like that with him. And we don't have a filter. You know what I mean by that? We don't have something else that's filtering through to get to us just comes between me and God. We're invited by God, and we sang songs about it this morning into a place of closeness that there is nothing between us—no man, no system, nothing. Our heart and has one. And you, I see that when I see that. Not from man nor through men. You might not have got all that, but, you know, <laughs> that, that's what I got. Uh, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, and he's just remembering some things. He's reminding them and himself who raised them from the dead. And notice the next slide. We just said, there's no filter just we've got, but all the brothers who are with me. I'm not in this alone. I may not have anyone between me and God. I've got no filter. I, and every one of us just come to him for ourselves. But actually, there's brothers around us, brothers and sisters. And so it's not this isolated, independent place, but it is we have to have our individual relationship with God worked out corporately in community. Uh, to the I like the word "ecclesia there. Um, most of you heard that word "ecclesia? To the ecclesia of Galatians. That's the word that was translated church. Why, why do I prefer to use that? Because I think when we think church, we just think a whole lot of stuff. I'm going down to the church. How can you do that with this verse? Uh, the Ecclesia are some people who have been called out of living a life in their way to live a life together in God. And so the Ecclesia of Galatia, the, the people of God scattered through Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Next slide. Who gave himself for our sins. And, and here's where I want to bring some focus now for our sin, to deliver us from the present evil age. We're reading that in the NIV. I believe this is probably the English Standard Version. Is it? Yeah. Uh, It would say rescue. We're in another version, it might say save. Jesus came to rescue us. From this present evil age, to deliver us from this. It has the, the uh, picture you'd see of the Israelites coming out of Egypt. You know, God came in, did some stuff, and said, Get out. Uh, it's like, it's like, pulled them out. They had to get up and walk, by the way. If they'd chosen to stay, He would have let them. He would have let them. It's a song we sing there, that reckless love song. It's got a line that's sort of both, I think, uh, right and not right. There's no lie God will tear down. But there's the lie you're hanging on to. And as long as I'm owning it, he's not going to tear it down. He'll offer to. But I've got to let it go. I've got I've to, you know, as long as I claim I know it, he'll leave me with it. But if I go and say, God, I have no idea. Oh, good, he says, now I can do some tearing down. Uh, Anyway, so the question I have from this is, well, two questions for me, am I rescued? Have I come out of something? Am I rescued? I know I am. Oh, I can remember it. Has there been a sense of deliverance? from something in our life. And I'm not talking about, you had a time where people prayed of you and delivered you from a demon. That may have happened, it may not have happened. I'm not too concerned. I mean, deliverance from a system of life. Rescued. Do you know you're rescued? So what I've actually asked you is, do you know you're Christian? But the other question that comes from this, to me, because if... What's this present evil age all about? I mean what's evil? How can I live rescued if I'm not clear about what's evil? There's a lot of confusion. So I want to spend a more few more minutes this morning. Uh, I want to think what's this present evil age? What's evil about this age? What's evil in this world? And to help us get there, I'm going to read a little story and read from Philippians and then read some other things. But I found this little story years ago, and you've probably heard it. You you sit around preachers. But one day a group of scientists got together and decided that man had come a long way and no longer needed God. So they picked one scientist to go and tell God that they were done with them. The scientist walked up to God and said, God, I don't know how many managed it, but all things are possible in stories. Uh, God, we've decided that we no longer need you. We're up to the point where we can clone people and do many amazing things, so why don't you just move on? God listened very patiently to men. They got that part right. After the scientist was done talking, God said, very well, how about this? Let's have a man-making contest. To which the scientist replied, Okay, great, let's go. And God added, Now we're going to do this just like I did back in the old days with Adam. scientist said, No problem. And he bent down and scooped up a handful of dirt. God looked at him and said, Hang on. Get your own dirt. Get your own dirt. Get your own dirt. And I would suggest that that story begins to tell us that one of the things that, that, that is evil about this age that God has rescued us from is putting ourselves in the position of God. Taking responsibility on ourselves for what is His responsibility. We're going to read a couple of verses now from Philippians 3. Verses two and three, it says, "Watch out for those dogs." Next week's reading in Galatians will correlate correlate to these verses, but they we're not there this week in Galatians. Watch out for those dogs, those evil doers. Now that's helpful, isn't it? If I'm thinking, what's this present evil age or this present evil world? that God is wanting to rescue me from, that he was willing to to give the gift of his own life in Jesus Christ to rescue me from. Pretty serious from his perspective. Pretty big deal from his perspective. What was it that he was rescuing me from? So he said, these evildoers. So we've we've got something to help us get an insight going on here. The word speaking to the word, those mutilators of flesh, what is, and you think, oh, no, so that's the people who mutilate flesh. Well, in a way, but it goes on to give more clarity. For it is we, this is the Apostle Paul speaking again, who are the circumcision. And you know circumcision is the cutting of the flesh. And so that's what he meant when he was saying mutilators of flesh, but it has more connotations. We who are the circumcision, listen to this, we who serve by the Spirit of God, by His Spirit, and boast in Jesus Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. And he goes on to, to, to talk a bit more about it. And we heard that scripture mentioned this morning that, that thought, how, how he has reason, but no, I don't. Did you pick something up? Evildoers are trying to get us to put confidence in our flesh, our human person that we are meant to be putting in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Evildoers are those persons who are trying to entice us, tell us, get us, tell, encourage us to trust ourselves to ourselves Rather than entrust ourselves to God and His work on our behalf through Jesus and His ongoing work right here this morning in our midst by His Holy Spirit. So, what's evil about this age? That God is wanting to rescue us from. They're putting responsibility on my humanity that should only be on God. And it's hard sometimes, eh, when you come from our culture, our world, and, and you say evil, and your mind immediately thinks, not me, for 90, most of us anyway, you know, so-and-so. But if I have put on myself responsibility to try and prove how good I am to God, that's evil. If I have put on someone else, that you need to be a better person, otherwise God will, Evil. That's what he's saying the evildoers were doing. These were like the the super-Christians. Not Christians. They they were identifying of Christians. They were like the super-religious. These were those who who looked super-moral. These were those who who came across as, I super-know the Scripture. I've got it all worked out. I know what is right. And if you just do what I tell you, You'll get the favor of God on you. All the promises will work for you. God will like you. And you just do the things I tell you to. Some of you might have come across some of these people. and, and, And you know, I've leaned into it too in part of my past practice. And, you know, and I'm sure I will again, but God, He keeps coming and pulling me out of that way of thinking. What they're saying is, and for them, the mark that you were doing it their way was the circumcision. And they were relating to the whole story of Israel from Abraham through, and they'd added. We figured out how God really wanted it to look. We're not going to go into detail on that. The point being, they're saying, it's your responsibility to save yourself by doing the things God wants you to do. And the mark for that was certainly... The, the, the sneaky thing that God, the devil does automatically, twists truth, because that's not what circumcision meant at all. Circumcision didn't mean, look at how good I am. It meant the opposite. And Paul tells us that. He says, no, no, we are the circumcision. We only boast in Jesus Christ. I don't boast of myself. I don't boast how much I've read the Bible. I don't boast how well I know the Bible. I don't boast that I've got everything worked out about this or that or something else to do with the kingdom of God. I don't boast and look at all the things I've done for God. Look at all my doctrine and line. Look at all my service for God. Look at all my sacrifice for God. Look at how much I've given God. Look at how hard I've volunteered at you. I have no boast. I just come and say, Jesus I, there's an old hymn, any of you know it? Just as I am without one plea? Anyone old know it? <laughs> Anyone old who went to church when they were young know it? He that, used to sing it when I was a kid. And, and I've come to like it again recently, and I've used it in my devotions a bit last year. And it goes, just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. What's it saying? Did you get it? I come before one plea, the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus. He says, our boast is Jesus, nothing else. Ever found yourself complaining to God about, you know, something you need to go, but God, look what I've... Evil. But my boast is Jesus. I come with one plea, the blood of Jesus shed for me. The invitation in that blood to come close. That's it. And then I discover the Holy Spirit comes to do some work. That's amazing. He said, this is what God's come to rescue us from. This this putting on ourselves, taking on ourselves, this twisting of truth. That happens. And it is, I think, probably one of the primary temptations we face in the demonic realm. It's always there to get us to twist the truth a little bit. And to put on ourselves some responsibility that should only rest on God. Okay, another story. I just got to think of Judges 3, sorry, Joshua 3, 4, and 5. Joshua 3 and 4 is crossing the Jordan. The whole nation that is left after the 40 years in the wilderness, and I'm not any detail there, God brings them across the Jordan miraculously. This is a rescue. They've come out of the futility of walking around in circles to start going into the promise that God purposed for them. So we see that idea. He rescued them. I just wanted to make that connection there. He rescued them. God did it. They complied. <laughs> the two always go together, don't they? Uh, isn't it sad that God has to run after us? We love to sing the song. and it, I, I like it. But if we, you know, weren't running so hard in the other direction. And, <laughs> and then a couple of things happen once they get across the Jordan. I'll give you three. The first thing that happens, now you remember they've crossed the Jordan and they're right on the, the fringe or the edge. There's Jericho. There's the enemy. There's the problem. There's the overwhelming, oh no, what do we do now, God. He says, now in the face of your problem, of your overwhelming circumstance, of your enemy, whatever your enemy might feel like today, what I want to do is I want you all to be circumcised. Because I hadn't got circumcised. This is part of being in Abraham's covenant. I'm not going into any detail there. I want you all to be circumcised. I'm making a point right now about what circumcision was really about. One, it was obeying God. But what happened when you're circumcised in the face of your enemy? you're weak, you're vulnerable, you're realizing my flesh can't do it. My flesh needs to be cut back. So the testimony of circumcision was, I can't, not I can. And the lie these these evildoers, these super religious people are saying is, that circumcision was meant to be the mark of, you can, please God. And it wasn't. And Paul says, and it doesn't really matter what's happened to your body, it's that your heart is learning to trust the Holy Spirit. And so these this nation had to be circumcised in the face of the enemy. Have you, any of you, in fact, some of you have, because I've had some conversations, find that, oh, no, whatever. He just comes along and does something to show you, oh, I can't do anything. Oh, I've got to die to something that I thought was there so God can do something. It's called the cross. It's called taking up our cross daily and trusting God, saying, I can't, but with God I can. The next thing that happened is they celebrated Passover. It's not my flesh that's going to win this battle. It's not my ability that's going to win this battle. Not my strength, not my skill, no, it's the blood of Jesus. And they celebrated the blood of Jesus. And the next thing that happened is Joshua had a one-on-one with this angel fellow, the Lord. I'm not too sure who he was. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit showing up in some way that he could talk to Abraham because he hadn't come, that he's come to us then. Who knows? But it was God's representative, that we know. And, and, and Joshua asked an interesting question, well maybe an obvious question. He gets an interesting answer, and he says, Who are you for, me or my enemy? And of must be like that. God, who are you for, me or my enemy? And he says, Neither. See, God is for God. God is for Jesus. And you stay outside of Jesus. He's not for you. In the sense of all your dreams and desires and passions and whatever you think your best life is right now. He's for Jesus. He said, come into Jesus. It's, it's irony, you know. Um, it's not about us. It's all about God. Yeah, but God's all about us. We're not all about us, but he's pretty focused on saving people. He set it up, but it's in Jesus. And there, there's something that takes a while to grasp there. Because to come into Jesus, you say, okay, it's not about me, but I trust Jesus. And so he comes he says, it's not about you, Joshua. And it's not about your enemies. It's about the purpose and plan of of God, And we read that at the end of the scriptures. Our rescue, the rescue of people, is the will and the purpose of God. You want to bring up the Matthew scripture? Yeah. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me, reading on. Whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. He's saying to Joshua, it's not about you. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Circumcision, cutting back. It's not about you. Whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Okay. And uh, that's the cross. We're moving on. I'll quickly go through Numbers. I'm where with the time's at. But numbers chapter 13 and 14. I just want to stay on this same, same idea that we're talking about in Joshua that we see this rescue from this present evil age. We find 12 spies we find 10 and 2, the division. Most of you know the story. They are all circumcised in the flesh. But only two are circumcised in the heart. Only two of them are saying, this is not about us, this is about God. So 12 of them go through the land, they see all that's there, and they come back, this land they went to spy out, and come back and 10, 10 say, we looked at the land, We looked at ourselves, and the facts are it will devour us. And they were right. They were right. They looked at the land. They looked at themselves. And the facts were it would devour them. Two came in. They looked at the land, and they looked at God. You hear this stuff, but you've got to get it. The evil ages... Looking at yourself instead of looking at God. Thinking it's all up to you instead of it's all up to God to save you. Thinking that I've got to get something right. You know, you didn't get saved because you were right, and you won't stay saved because you're getting it right. But you get saved because you trust what Jesus has done, and you stay saved because you live in that same trusting relationship. it's, It's simple, really. Just live every day boasting in Jesus, looking to Him and trusting the work of the Holy Spirit and not trusting yourself. I feel this. Who cares? I don't. You don't. You know, good. God, I'm anxious about that. Yeah, just move on. Trust me. I know sometimes it takes half the night for me to move on, but, yeah. <laughs> okay, God, I'm going to move on. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's not always flicking the switch, but it's a decision to do it. It's just a moment. The work is through. is just hanging on to that decision. Okay, so... So what you see there again is 10 people reflecting this evil age, two people reflecting what God's doing, God's rescue. All circumcised. One more picture, Adam and Eve. We're going backwards (laughs) through the Bible. And you know the story. You may know if you don't. I'm not going to any detail. I'll read it in Genesis 2 and 3. But we've got to hit something here. There was a temptation towards Adam and Eve by a, a thing called the serpent who was Lucifer, who was Satan. A demonic temptation. And it was subtle. And it's essentially this you know what you've got from God? You can have it without God. You know what God's given you and and who He's made you and this relationship you've got with God? You can have it without God. You can have it from your own inner truth. You say those words aren't there? That's right. Your own inner ability to know right from wrong, good from evil. He says, You can do it. It was a lie. It was a deception. It was a twisting of the truth. And they believed it. And what happened as they believed that they could be these people that were like God from their own inner a capacity to discern truth from evil. They exchanged. They exchanged a life living in a trust relationship with the Father in heaven who created all things that are created, to trusting themselves to be like God wanted them to be. See, I don't think they were meaning to, oh, we don't want God and we don't want to do this. No, oh, yeah, you wouldn't really love to do this. And hey, we can do it from us rather than just do it trusting God. And that's the shift to the present evil age. And we can know what's true for ourselves. Yeah. We, we can look within ourselves and we can discover truth. Yeah. You had about six millennials. They could be baby boomers, from my experience. They get lost in a fast. And they couldn't find their way out and they didn't know what to do. But fortunately, they each had a compass. We we're all But these compasses had a trick to them. Each compass showed each person the truth that they believed in their own heart. And so they looked at all their compasses and, well, they all pointed in different directions. Well, You know, they live in New Zealand. They're nice and kind to each other. So what they thought was, we'll give each person a turn to lead. We're nice, we're kind. And so they each took a turn leading with their compass. Following what seems true to them because, after all, they're living off the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they know what's true. It's evil. And you know why it's evil? Because they didn't get out of the fast. Isn't that evil? So nice to each other, so allowing each one to follow what seems true to them that so they all died in the fast. Yeah, where are we going with all that? Jesus came to rescue us from having to know what is right, from having to know what is true. It's not our responsibility. It's God's responsibility to reveal truth to us. It's God's responsibility to reveal righteousness to us. It's God's responsibility to lead us in his ways of righteousness. It's God's responsibility to enable us to walk in those ways. All we do is face step. Faith step, trust step, trust step, one after the other relationship. Because what happened in Genesis 3 when they broke that faith relationship, that trust relationship with God and exchanged it for trust? You know, it is isn't the demonic, but that's not what it seemed. It was in themselves. Satan just sits back behind the screen for many people and keeps twisting the truth for them that they would think, oh, I can do this. I can be this. Well, you might be able to, but trust God and see how he leads you to it. Or if he leads you that way. I feel like this. Well, trust God and let him to lead you through your feelings, not by your feelings. I mean, through them to something on the other side. Uh, Look what happened. This is really important. They had lived until that point as one with the God who created them. Their breath was his breath. They lost the breath. They lost that, became separate from God. That's sin. That's lostness. Jesus came to rescue from us. That's the evil age. So not only that, they began to lose the sense of who they were as people. They began to lose that sense of being a person. And we see that immediately shame came into the picture. And needing to hide came into the picture. Why? Because who am I now? Who, what's going on? You know, and this is what's happening. This is the evil age. Not only that, they began to lose the oneness they had had with each other. And now when, when, the, when things start looking around, instead of working it out together, they're blaming each other. Not my fault, it's their fault. It's still in Genesis 3. This is describing our world. This is our present evil age. And God has come to rescue us from this. And not only that, they lost their relationship with the created land, with the trees, with the creation itself. Humanity has lost its relationship with the creation And that creation that that had been like in one with them and working together before that, now they began to be at odds. No longer were they at one with creation because it's the Creator's creation. And we're living in the consequences of those four breaks, separations, lostnesses, and that's this present evil age. And it's all from moving away from just looking to God alone for tr- truth and trust. Just check a verse out if you're interested in that creation one. You can see that in Genesis 3. You can see that in an interesting passage in Leviticus 18 when it talks about the land vomiting them out. Why? Because they didn't honor God. And you see a glimpse of it in Romans 8 when it talks about all creation groaning to see the sons of God. Why? Because its redemption is tied to the restoration of man into the right relationship with God. Yeah, So that, that's just giving some help to see what we're rescued from because that's what we know. And Jesus has come. We're going to flick up one more verse and we'll finish on this and I'll pray to rescue us from ourselves. From our lostness from God. From our lostness from truth. From our lostness from one another. And also from our lostness from Creation. This is the ultimate greeny message, isn't it? We really want to do the best for our planet. Worship God, trust God, honor God, bring everything before Him and live out from His revelation of truth. And we'll bless our planet, be the greenest thing we could do for it. Uh, I'm I'm pretty serious just there. And I can only take real responsibility for me. In fact, if I start feeling like I'm responsible for you, that's evil. That's not my responsibility. God is responsible to come in and save you, but I'm not. You catch this, eh? Mums, you are not responsible for the salvation of your children. You might be responsible to live a, testi- a life that testified Jesus, but you're not responsible for your salvation of your children. Just let yourself feel that. It's God's responsibility to come and invite them to know his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's read this verse and finish. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ messiah when the people heard this they were cut to the heart and they said to peter and the other apostles what shall we do peter replied repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the holy spirit this is how we respond to god's rescue and you do it the first day, and you do it the second day, and you do it the third day, and you do it the fourth day. I preached a message on repentance a year ago, and this lady came and said to me, no, oh, you're telling me we live in repentance. Yeah. She said, "I always thought of something we did, and then moved on. No, we live repentance. We live in faith. We live in trusting God. Uh, it's, that's my responsibility. That's his responsibility to bring it to me. My responsibility is to respond to it. By repentance and faith. Then he goes on. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Next verse, with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, "Save yourselves from this corrupt generation." He came to rescue us from this evil age, this corrupt generation. I'm going to finish. Uh, So, Father God, we just pray. And by the way, got Paul here. Uh, I'll interrupt myself. When I preach, I'm praying. And when I pray, I won't be trying not to preach. (laughs) No, no, I'm serious. A message is like a prayer for people. So, Father, we're just praying for everyone in this room to have an awareness in their hearts of your call right now, your invitation to come out of trusting themselves, to come out of feeling I've got to be true to me. That is a lie. It is a lie. You cannot be true to yourself because you don't know yourself to be able to be true to yourself. But Jesus knows you and the Father knows you and the Holy Spirit knows you and he invites you to come to him and he will help you to be true to him and then you'll start finding what it is to be true to yourself. Father, we just pray that invitation to come into Jesus, to have a boast of the blood of Jesus shed for me and the work of the Holy Spirit. Father, that would be real in every life in this room this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.